As an industry, we've been witness to incredible achievements made by some of the most acclaimed names in the industry. But as established names rise to the top, new, inexperienced voices step up to make their voices heard. Welcome to Dev Diary Next Gen, the Dev Diary spin-off series that highlights the next generation of talent coming through in the games industry. My name is Paul James, and today I'm joined by Alex Beatty, and here's their journey so far. Hello there, Dev Diary listeners. Welcome to the first ever official entry of Dev Diary Next Gen. Now, this is a free taster of what you're going to get, but I implore you to go check out the Patreon, which is now live, that will run through a whole bunch of details to how you can access more episodes of Next Gen, and as well as pledge your support to the show going forward. But for now, enjoy this debut entry. Welcome to the first ever episode of Dev Diary Next Gen. My name is Paul James. Today I'm joined for this first conversation with the, as the title of the show implies, the next generation of game developers. Alex Beatty, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Uh, it's awesome to have you on board. Um, we'll, we'll talk about all Patreon related things in a moment, but uh, we made a little discovery moments ago that we're actually living like a 30 <laughs> second to a minute walk away from one another. We're basically no neighbours. Yeah. yeah. Suggested the bird scary. calls could be made, we'd hear each other. So <laughs> got the tin can phones out, like you know, like yeah, we'll just yeah, we'll link it up and do the pod. Yeah, just yeah. microphones here and cans. It'll work perfectly. What could possibly <laughs> exactly. go wrong? Go real old school, and make it work. This is crazy. Anyway, uh, for anyone who is unaware, Dev Diary Next Gen. You might be hearing this on the free normal Dev Diary feed. This has been available for about a month now on the Dev Diary podcast. Sorry, on the Dev Diary Patreon feed. So go and check all the show notes out where you get all the details you need to access those episodes for the cost of a coffee, one coffee for the entire month. You'll have a whole a huge archive of episodes. You get early access to the other episodes, the normal Dev Diary feed uh, podcast episodes as well. A whole lot of stuff, and it's going to continue to grow with your support. So please go and check that out. Enough spruiking. Let's move into all things Dev Diary. So, Alex, we've obviously established that you live spitting distance away, but um, let, let's let's kind of jump into the the usual sort of stuff, which is talking a little bit about your exposure to video games, where they came into your life, what you enjoyed early days. Do you recall what some of the first games were that you that you ever played and enjoyed? Um, first games I played and enjoyed. I had first ones would be like Kirby on the Game Boy. Um, yep. I remember my mum had one of the little silver Game Boy. With the little the big oh, cartridges yeah, yeah. you put yeah, in the back, know. and I um I saw it one day and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And being the kid I was, I didn't ask her to use it. I you took waited it. until she was. I took it. Yeah, I went into my room and I had it, and I'm hunched over Kirby, like sucking up enemies and using their powers, and I was having a great time. And of course, she found that I was using said console, and she wasn't it pleased. But it was but, always um, the usual ask ask for forgiveness, not permission, right? Exactly, and it led to us, I think, having a good conversation about it then, because she'd kind of been off and on with video games a little bit where she'd kind of like pick them up for a little bit and drop them and at the moment she hasn't played a video game since probably Candy Crush which <laughs> she's she's really <laughs> fallen off ends, the bandwagon so. a bit like, but um yeah so that was probably my first like real kind of like oh this is a game like yeah and uh, how did things develop from there were there any particular genres franchises that you really clicked with I mean Kirby was that one that stuck Kirby, I think early on I was a Nintendo kid, so Nintendo DS, I had piles and piles of cartridges, Game Boy was a similar thing. I remember, I think, when I first got my Game Boy console, I got Pokemon Emerald, 
And I just remember being so, like, taken by this green cartridge that was just, like, like it was crystal-looking, and it was, you put it in the back, and it still has that green look to it. I was obsessed with the colour of the cartridges before it even got into the game, into the console. Yeah, yeah those those kind of big titles, though, they'd always put that little bit of extra work in, and they'd, they'd kind of stick yeah. out. They'd catch the eye, which was always, I guess, as kids, would always work yeah. a treat. I certainly remember, yeah, like, Pokemon Red and Blue. I'm like, what? The cartridges are red and blue. Exactly. The same idea. The, the Zelda the Zelda Gold cartridge is like mm, I mean this is the premium stuff this is the it's, premium tier stuff yeah like for I think especially like you'd be coming home from the game shop and you'd open up the box in the car and the couch cartridge would be there and then the little booklet with like the information of like the how to play back when they used to do that um, the good old days now. the good old days yeah I saw one Switch game I think um just recently a farm game had the little booklet thing and i was just i was completely just like i had to hold on to something i was like oh my god like, they're Physical. doing it again <laughs> um uh, must be like a story of seasons or a harvest moon or something like or that. i think it might be harvest moon yeah the most recent one that just came out like a week or so ago oh yes yeah i guess that's for for those off that i mean it's video but i assume you're talking about this right yeah that's the one yeah um Story of Seasons, uh, that's a wonderful life just for those who, well, no one can see this video. Um, so, <laughs> ha- like, how did it go from the consumption of video games and the enjoyment of them to potentially considering getting involved in the creation of it? Now, we've already been talking off camera, you, uh, you know, you've been in the education system, um, but how did this pathway towards video games actually emerge for you? How did you get, yeah, again, go from that yeah. consumption enjoyment side to... Yeah, I like. Okay, so like early on, um, so I grew up. I'm still pretty fairly rural, not as rural as I used to be, but um. Yeah, we're kind of semi-rural here, aren't we? Semi, like kind of like rural, cool rural. Like we can still get macas. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's all we can get, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Menu log macas (laughs) and a pizza. Um, but um, yeah. So pretty much, uh, grew up on a farm, and so a lot of the time didn't have like friends just next door. It was a couple of kilometers down the road. So um, got it heavily into, as, as I was saying before, Nintendo DS, and then the Nintendo Wii, and then into, I think that was when I officially switched over and got an Xbox 360, which I'd kind of been like very tentative, like, oh, I don't know about Xbox or PlayStation. I'm a, I'm a real gamer. I play Nintendo. <laughs> but back when that was a whole thing, and then that kind of really pulled me back into games in terms of like the open worldy or like... Yep back then what was considered open world so like your assassin's creed those sort of ones that had like tons of story like just overflowing stuff to do halo again at that point though there was still not like i didn't have access to internet so i wasn't really doing like the online play stuff it was only the story stuff in the games and then i think assassin's creed 2 on the xbox 360 i probably have over 300 hours in (laughs) (laughs) that was my game um that was that was the game um yeah, I mean, and... I, I love that game, and I think I've got like ninety six percent of the trophies on the PS three, and it drives me mad. By the way, that I don't have the hundred percent, I'll have to do that one day. <laughs> yeah, I but... literally last night actually jumped into that again, and I was just like, "Whoa, this is so much different than I remember it." Like, the faces are all square looking, and I'm, I'm there thinking it's this HD like game in my brain from when I played it. But oh, it's like when Crash Bandicoot got the remaster the other year. It's like, oh, it's exactly how I remember it. And you go look at Crash Bandicoot, like, oh, what? Oh, no, it's scary. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, but also, like, remake Assassin's Creed 2. I'll buy it. <laughs> well, apparently they're busy working on Black Flag from what we hear, so... Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we'll pretty much um, was Xbox 360, 
and then ended up we moved sold the farm and i got a ps4 then and then that was when i kind of started getting into online games more open world stuff all that and then simultaneously with that i was i just graduated high school so i was getting into the university and um my first course that i wanted to study was a bachelor of creative writing yep <laughs> highly employable um but at the time that was like the goal course and i i all the marks everything and i thought that would be a good place because i knew i liked writing for like finding my way in terms of what kind of writing i wanted to specify into because there's screenwriting there's branching narrative in games there's uh like it, it goes on like there's prose there's poetry there's you yeah absolutely yeah. have a whole radio show on it um and yeah pretty much i um wanted to, wanted to get in this course really badly didn't get the marks for it a bit sad but one of the other courses that was my like backup which was an advanced diploma of screenwriting i got into with flying colors and they were like we want you come on you need to like you've done your pre-selection kit this is awesome yeah. and i did the second interview and they were all, all cool to go so i i jumped into that course thinking you know this is a pathway into the other course that i was doing so that'll work and i also was thinking with the screenwriting like the scripts is it pretty broad because dialogue is really important and like games movies tv everything so i thought dialogue writing would be something that i can really yeah, definitely lean awesome. on in that yeah and um with um so did the screenwriting course and i was a lot of people in that course only did like the first year and then they jumped to the creative writing as the pathway yeah. but then when i did the first year i sort of was like hang on i am liking this a lot and i feel like i'm getting a lot out of this plus the second year tracks for it seemed a little bit more specified into like interactive media that sort of stuff that i was kind of really curious on and i wanted more of but there just wasn't enough of in that first year um so pretty much i dove in second year and i did the interactive digital media subject and had a lot of fun but it was also kind of very rudimentary and it was like well making games but we weren't like making playable games it was more just sort of having like a game brief and then like what 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 would be the aspects you'd play but then that was also kind of being taught by someone who didn't really have a understanding of games to really yeah they couldn't go mentor like, us you, you yeah dip your toes in but you could never really just dive into the whole so thing it was it was enough to get you kind of thinking oh yeah this is interesting and then subjects over that's it and i sort of thought okay that's it for games in that course but um second half of the second year i had pretty much a work experience opportunity so we had to get a work placement to cap off our our learning in that um yep. Uh, advanced diploma and I looked high and wide <laughs> for anything and everything I was sending out little emails little just messages tweets anything just just looking for anything and I found um, one dev in Melbourne I think at the time was uh, Voxel Agents oh yeah 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 um, and um I'm going off oh, just drawn a complete blank on the game but I really enjoyed the game is it'll it come to me. I'm just gonna check my trophy list while we, while we go because it'll come up. <laughs> but um, because yeah, I hate, so to, I hate to show I, that sort of disrespect, but we'll get there. Yeah, I'm I'm the same because I I know it, I know the games and it's just not in my head right now as as it usually isn't. <laughs> but so yeah, I was emailing someone there who was lovely, and um, they were kind of like, look, we don't have any like writing work for you, but maybe we could do some office stuff. There might be some other stuff like, like work you could do here 
and I sort of was like, okay, that's cool. And just by chance in that like email chain, she was like, hey, look, here's the details for Neil Reddison at Tin Man Games. Oh, and Neil's um, awesome. Neil is a freaking gem. I love Neil. Um, I'm so glad they got Nagda last year. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, pretty much, uh, yeah, I sent Neil an email and I was like, hey, I'm a work experience student from RMIT, um, looking for just some light experience. It was it was a 35 hour work experience, so it wasn't it was like five days, all in all, I think. Yeah, five seven hour days or there something like that. Yeah, it's it's like not a lot, but it's also like it's still a big ask to be like, hey, can I come annoy you for 35 hours? Um, but um, Neil was really open for it. I had a good, really good conversation with Neil on the phone, and then um, I sent through some just like uh, like a light portfolio of just kind of like scripts and the stuff I did, and he was really keen. And um, so dove in there when they were working on um, the Warlock of Firetop Mountain, which was really cool. That was um, probably my first real experience with branching narrative, like in terms of like hands-on. So I was working with um, Ben Cosmina there and um, for the characters in that game, it was like how they like interact with different parts of the mountain as they go in. So it was very much like a turn-based Dungeons and Dragons-y kind of um, oh, like tabletop kind of vibe um yeah okay yeah which, also um, our game before we're talking to gardens between right not ah, no. uh, yeah they did gardens between but i think there's another one before it before. when i did the work experience all oh, right um oh, yeah. i can because that, that was in the that was like don't worry don't stress a little bit um, more recent yeah i think it was like 20 We'll work it out. We'll work 10 it out. years ago. Yeah. There, there's some um, eager people listening to the show who are already fact checking everything and are yeah. screaming at us. So let's let's <laughs> not yeah, let's not dwell too much about it. Yeah. And apologies um, though. Yeah, I, I, I should know that. Uh so pretty much did the work experience with them. That was really great and awesome. And then at the end of that we had to have like a like a mentor chat kind of thing, which was just kind of like talking with Neil about, you know, where I should go next in my career. And Neil had some really great, like, advice during that chat to, like, you know, how to keep going into narrative because he saw potential and, like, where to, like, keep going with that. But, of course, like, after that internship, because I was in the arcade at that point, kind of the door kind of closed because it's sort of like now you're back on the outside again. And um, so I kept sort of floating around looking for game stuff but also not really having the experience and also feeling like my own projects at that point weren't at an extent where I could be like, hey, this is my portfolio of games that I've made. But um, Neil did, during that um, initial work experience, put me onto Twine, which is oh, like yeah, an yep. interactive digital media. Like, you can make little visual novel kind of things. And um started fiddling with that a lot and had a lot of fun with it. Um, it was the first time, time I'd done coding as well as writing the bits and how it links together, because what I sent him in the portfolio was it basically a powerpoint with linked bubbles <laughs> which is like this is great but you can do it here so you got, got a, a <laughs> yeah. tool that can really do that better exactly yeah and um so yeah i started sort of lightly using that a little bit and um i ended up applying for the the bachelor of creative writing and got in uh one of my portfolio pieces for that was an interactive piece which when i was talking to the people for that course they were just kind of like oh we've we don't get this a lot where someone sends an interactive piece that's cool and um during the, the interview moment. Yeah, it's just like, this is different. Like, where'd this come from? And they um, were kind of like, you know, there's game subjects here you can study, all this. And I was like, oh, cool, okay, great. Signed up for the course, got in, and 
games wise there wasn't a lot um there was kind of like because the games courses at rmit are kind of all in their fun in their stream yeah, kind of running parallel. and then the writing stream is kind of separated so whenever there's game subjects there's sort of a quota of games kids they have to meet i said kids but they're not like games yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so like game students they have to meet and then they can take in writing students if they have or like different stream students if they have the room and i buy some, some quotas yeah like the quota thing and it's kind of like i'm a writer too like let me in but yeah so i managed to somehow lie cheat borrow steal my way into the um writing for games subject which um at the time was taught by lena vandeventer um yep. which was again Lena's fucking amazing. incredible lena is a badass i love her um and like that taught me a lot also got me more into twine in terms of like being able to show my stuff to someone else but also like anytime i had problems with the coding stuff lena or like other kids in the class who were from the game side had more of an understanding on how to like pull apart an if statement and tell me where i'm going wrong with stuff which helped yep. a lot which is awesome um, yeah and um so yeah continued on with that and did the full subject which was awesome and then again kind of that little games nugget that i had dried up again because it was kind of like now you're now you're on your own again <laughs> but um i think um in my last subject i was looking at doing an interactive like experience as my capstone project but they were kind of struggling for how to market because they were sort of used to having like someone submit 15k words as yeah, being right. like their like their writing excerpt and how that would translate to games because obviously there's other stuff for the game you'd have to do like the coding side and that so i ended up saying look i'll do the pros because i do like writing pros as well so it wasn't like i was that stressed about yeah, it you, but... you weren't yeah yeah it was it was kind of like a duck to water exactly it was kind of just like it was something i wanted to do but didn't but um i still am um, during that final year I sort of wanted to start making a little bit more of like a creative space for other students in that class as well. So I ended up getting some funding from um, the RMIT Creative to essentially start a blog, which yep. was then basically where any student from RMIT at all could submit something creative they made, whether it's a collage. Um, we had a couple of games, I think, in the end, um, cool. like audio, like audio files, just like like little random little things and um it was interesting to see what people would submit for that but um it also gave me a little bit more of a like idea of what it is like kind of to run like a publication like that or even just like to keep that afloat with funding and stuff yeah which um is no easy feat <laughs> no, 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 no i don't all. recommend it <laughs> but yeah it was a lot of fun to sort of get some of your experience with that so i guess i mean there's lots of little pieces of exposure there nothing really proper until i guess close to present day where did the teaching come into the mix how did you pivot down that pathway um miss COVID. <laughs> so right, okay. yeah pretty much um so i graduated in 2019 yep. and at that point i had a couple of little like not game specific stuff but some writing stuff lined up but then when COVID hit all that kind of again dried up got pulled sort of because they were like look we don't know we can't have people in the office this is the state of it. And I was like, that's totally fine. So um, I ended up weathering lockdown, but also finding that the, that situation wasn't healthy to just kind of be at home with creative stuff and then have nowhere to like kind of let it's it positive. help with mentor yeah. it or like grow with it. So um, 
I just by chance I was helping at a old school that I worked at um, previously, and they needed an, an education support in the classroom really desperately. Uh, this was the year 2021, I think. When, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, it was kind just of year two yeah. of 2020. It was just after like the the start of um, term one, and yet yeah, jumped into the classroom there. It was only meant to be a two week period, and I am still there now. <laughs> so um, it's it's and look, it's it's hard work, as I'm sure you know. It's you know some days are better than others, and when yeah. they're bad, they're they're bad. <laughs> like, and it's yeah, I I have a great respect for education um i love the kids that i work with um some of the best little funny beans that i've ever been with at the moment but um it also just kind of is not quite where i want to be like i like it's still not the dream no it's not the dream exactly like i feel like there's a lot that i've learned in this role with education where i can pull into games now especially with like the keeping on track of things um, planning, yeah, certainly I, I, like a production and project management sort of component there. That yeah, you have 100%. to you really have to learn through the teaching thing, otherwise you sink pretty quickly. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, like I have like little schedules for all of our little kids in a classroom, and even on top of that, having um the just like forethought for like planning stuff, and then having backup plans for stuff, and then backup plans for the backup plans like it's, it's something it's i'm very insane. synonymous for is having a backup plan that is for the backup plan because i don't like being unprepared for stuff um but yeah and this year essentially i so last year i did gcap the first time i volunteered yep. so i fully did the whole nine yards there and volunteered which was awesome um i had so much fun and then again for packs i was helping with checkpoint i was doing the the Twitter account for that, so posting all the photos and stuff. So again, it was kind of like this deep dive into games with suddenly like a platform, and then after Games Week, it's kind of like, oh, this is gone now. Okay, <laughs> bye. So like, still working with Checkpoint, doing articles and stuff, but also not having that kind of constant waking up and going to packs every morning. Um, Look, you, there's such a thing as too much packs. So I can... oh yeah, <laughs> yup. So uh, yeah. it's awesome. It's a great time. And then when it's done, you're pretty grateful that it's done. Exactly. And I would imagine everyone who exhibits there would be saying the same thing as well. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah, it's a funny little... Because I feel like a lot of the time I've kind of had these bits where I've been like, all right, here's this all this game stuff to do. And then yeah, kind it dries of, up. it dries up a little bit and it kind of leads me to be a bit kind of like, well, oh, why am I why am I doing this? But then it's like, because I, I do want to want to do this. Like, this is the dream. Um and I feel like I had a train of thought that I've completely like ran off now. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No, please, I mean, we're, I'm happy to. If it springs to mind, just yeah. pick it up and go from there. All but, right, um, train is back on the rails. Oh, I um so start of this year, I um I met a lovely dev during um well, I met lots of lovely devs during GCAP, but um funny about one of the people one of the yeah it's like you know, they all kind of go there. Uh, <laughs> but, and they're um, all amazing. Yeah, they're all freaking amazing. Um, I don't know why I was there. Um, but so pretty much I met lots of awesome people, but I was talking to someone on Twitter um, after GCAP early this year, I think it was January. And they, they, I was, their name was um, Violet. And they put up this little like video about their experience at GCAP and PAX. And it was just like this awesome little glamour reel. And I sent out a message because I'd met them in the local lounge. And I'd been like, hey, I remember you. Um, it was also meeting you. Um, Yada, yada, yada. and they sent me like a dm and they were like hey i see that you do community management 
are you looking for any work? And I just remember like being up in um at my mum's near the border and just like kind of just being like, am I reading that right? That's 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 a work. <laughs> like that's work. This is, this is an opportunity that someone has reached exactly. out to me with. And like, am I am I being punked? Is there a camera? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and like, I'm I'm like I messaged back. And I'm like, um, yes, fucking yes, please, yes. Um, also, I hope I can swear. No, no I don't care about the French. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, especially while we're on the patron feed, they they um, they know what they're signing up for. Patreons get the swears. Okay, noted. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, everyone gets so the swears eventually. I I was it's like I'm basically running around the house screaming mum's like what's going on um this is weird this doesn't happen um but yeah so it was uh, an offer to do community management for her and um her game moonlight and garland, moonlight and garland yeah which is um a really awesome life sim game um kind of an open-ended uh it's a lot of people think it's a farming game but it's not it's more that you have plants that you can grow but it's not like heavily like you have to harvest your carrots and then you need to go work in the mines like harvesting yeah yeah, it's quite a it's a really relaxing game and I really recommend it. And I I feel like there's a, a lot of games that I wouldn't gel with, but this is a game that I feel like is very like feels like it's almost keyed towards me as well. So I'm yeah. really glad about that. So um yeah, with that this year I've been uh working with the uh the Discord and I'm working with the community nights, uh helping mod the Twitch channel and uh also working on Twitch and not Twitch, uh, TikTok. I get always confused. Um, so working on there's TikTok so videos, there's so many T social medias, like stop it. <laughs> um, Some but, better and worse than others. Yeah. So I'm, I'm coming somewhat of a, um, a TikTok, uh, obsessed, <laughs> uh, like, like I'm, Pro, I'm always okay. like, I'm, my favorites on my TikTok now is just like, could use this for garden, could use this for garden and could use this for garden part three. Like, so yeah, it's, um, been really interesting jumping into that and, planning content and having the support of um, not only Violet, but also Pritika who works there as well as two like really good mentors for me. No, that's, that's fantastic. And so um, I guess it's starting to lead us right up to the smart program and where that, that comes into the mix. Yeah. Um, because for as much as you're clearly, clearly having a great time um, doing what you're doing, obviously there's this passion for, for narrative and, and the more hands-on actively making the game sort of components of the industry and so yep. where did the smart program come into the mix and how we kind of travel it? I mean, I guess trajectory wise, where, where are we at now at this point in your eyes and where can we go, kind of jump off from, from there? Um, at this point, I feel like, so the smart program is really awesome because I think it's kind of letting me, I don't know how to properly phrase it. So I'm going to say like letting me into the industry. Cause like yep. I am currently working part time, but like the goal is obviously to get in full time. And then this is kind of almost giving me a little bridge where it's kind of like letting me... Just cracks that door open a little bit. Cracks the door open. It lets me kind of like experience a studio vibe without like having that, like I'm not technically working in the studio, but I am working on my own stuff in the studio. So I do get that hands-on experience there. Um, Also really like the smart program as well as a amazing networking opportunity because it, it's literally chucking you in the middle of a studio and being like hey work on your own stuff like <laughs> which is a really cool yeah and i guess like really briefly for anyone listening who you may not be aware of the smart program we should probably take a moment to actually discuss what it is and how it comes about in the first place because yeah there might be a few that actually aren't familiar especially anyone from kind of interstate who may not have the equivalents so um yep. do you mind do you mind if i get you to discuss a little bit of what that smart program actually entails how, how does it come to be that you're one of the recipients, etc. 
Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so pretty much the smart program was put together by IGEA. Uh, so there are like a games... One of the governing bodies to... in the country. Governing yeah. body, yeah, governing body for games. They run like GCAP, the Agdas, they're involved heavily with that stuff. Uh, and basically it's designed to mentor a, a 10 up-and-coming devs in the scene. So giving experience, networking opportunities pretty much like the embedding them in a studio so at the moment it's like a hot desking kind of thing where you have yeah. access to that space and sort of really giving you that hands-on experience but also allowing you to grow your own learning stuff and how you want to participate in the industry i guess yep because i'm um, for everyone in the smart program at the moment it's totally different we've got people who do art there's um people who are more into co coding programming there's a few narrative people. It's a couple of production. Like it's it's a good mix of people. It's not just all we're not we're not all programmers who are all hunched over. Like it's it's a fascinating. Not mix, that all yeah. programmers are hunched over. Just for no, anyone yep. who there who potentially got offended by all that. You just you're very good with a keyboard and mouse yeah. in hand and the stereotypes. Yeah. But we'll ignore those. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm thrilled that you did kind of highlight that though because there are so many. Mm. Um, so many vastly different disciplines involved and that actually underpin the development of video games and so that yeah it makes sure that we obviously, and there'll be several more people from the smart program that are going to be coming on the show but yeah. um, to kind of get to highlight those those different aspects and mm. you know remind people there are so many different ways into this industry let alone obviously yeah the community management stuff that you've been doing already like that all those sort of things are what helps make the video games what the consumers know them to be these yeah. days so um, I guess in terms of, I guess, pro uh, progressing from this point now, as of when we record, tomorrow is kind of a kickoff day for you. Yep. Um, you've had an orientation already. What was what was that like, and what are you expecting from here? Uh, the orientation was kind of like, a, I guess, it was kind of like Christmas, because <laughs> like, it's like, here's this cool studio that you're going to be in for the next uh, four months. So, because the program takes place over four months, so we've got two days where we're, in, we're embedded in the office, so we can do our own stuff then. And it's, I think November 3rd is kind of the last day. And I'm already looking at that like, oh God, that's going to come so quickly. This is kind of like, so it's kind of making the most out of the opportunity, I guess. Is the studio um, something that we're able to disclose on the show or would, you, would they slash you rather keep that? I'm not sure. Then I, then, <laughs> I was no, talking to Carrie, yeah. Then we won't, I, um, we won't do it. I have a feeling, let me open up the thing. I think... Um, because I definitely don't want to be uh, putting any, okay, it is so it is public that um so yeah we're in Samurai Punk. The, oh, very nice, uh, an amazing studio. Of course, there's been heaps of amazing people come out of. They're that, amazing, so. yeah. I, and, um, and of course, still there too. So yeah, exactly. They're they're really lovely too. Um, I think they were kind of like um sitting in with the meeting when we were doing our intros, and they were kind of just like, oh, <laughs> all these people are floating through. But yeah, it's um gonna be really exciting. I think yeah. I, really I'm looking forward to it. kind of not sure what to like. I don't want to like put big expectations on it, but like I'm excited to just meet people and just like you know find out what everyone's doing and what they like and what they're interested in and what they're working on. Like as as nerdy as that sounds, like well, I mean, there's a reality though of this scene um, that th there's always a, a who you know component to it and, and the, the networking aspects of. I mean, it happens in a lot of industries, but it's it's certainly quite prominent in games and especially in kind of our local scene. There's, yeah. I mean, we've you've rattled off so many different names pre-show and during the show here. I'm like, oh yeah, know them, know them, know them. I don't even make games, and yet I've networked. I guess a few that I've had as dev dev diary mm. guests, but um, like that networking is is a huge component. So for you to be based in the studio there, where you're going to be working with the team for four months, and then of course you're going to cr cross paths with plenty of others along the way. 
when you're yeah. working at Samurai Punk and you've got events like GCAP and PAX and all those sort of things that are popping up, it's it's a golden opportunity on that networking mm. front, let alone the the actual hands-on development work that you get to do as well. We yeah. know what Samurai Punk's like. They they love a fresh new idea and, and pouncing on that. So who knows what you get to be a part of in that time. Yeah, it's going to be really cool, I reckon. I, I'm just excited to honestly be in that space and just see what happens and be along for the ride, I guess. Um, yeah. And so obviously as we, as we touched on November is kind of the, the end time for you and you're almost kind of dreading, dreading that particular point at this stage. So um, I know you said you don't want to get too carried away with uh, what, you know, the potential of what could happen at a time, but what are you personally kind of hoping to achieve out of it? If we kind of keep things contained and we don't get too carried away, but look kind of low key, <laughs> you know, as a bare minimum, yeah. I'd love to be able to do X, Y, Z. Um, I think the bare minimum, or not the bare minimum, but like, the, the goal for me at the moment would be full-time. Uh, I'd really like to get out of education. Not that I don't like education. I just, I find that that environment and me at the moment, I feel like it's not where I want to be. It's, it's just, there's a lot of push and give and take that just doesn't gel with me. And uh, uh, like at times it comes through in my games work when I am stressed with the schoolwork. Cause it, it is like my nine to five basically. So it is my like bread and butter. So, like, any stuff I do outside of that is stuff that I'm doing for me, which is kind of the difficult kind of part we, like, yeah. road we come to where it's kind of like games of eating. <laughs> and it's like, well, I think I like games. I, like, need... <laughs> yeah. I think I like games, but I also need to fa- – yeah, like, it it's becomes like... this real real challenging sort of spot and uh, yeah. certainly something I can relate to as we've yeah. both been kind of existing in the same sector. Um, but, I mean, that's, yeah, obviously the full-time would be – an amazing achievement for you and anyone else uh, that's kind of entering that smart program hopefully something come out of it for you yeah. i think uh, full-time with like any sort of like production junior production kind of stuff or even like getting in full-time with like the community management stuff or tiktok like those are all things that like are skills that i've had bubbling yeah. in different areas where like i just need that kind of fruition to kind of like pull it all together and be like all right terrible. this is the thing like because like even Violet was saying that when we're kind of doing the onboarding process there she's like you've got all this experience with this that this that like what is going on here (laughs) and it's it's really just the fact that it's kind of been where I can get in like it's yeah and yeah um and so another thing I'll note and uh, you know thank you so much to Felicia who provided a few little notes before even the show started that was able to kind of help guide this a little bit uh you're also talking about potentially visiting some other game hubs around the globe as well just to get uh, some some more diverse experiences there i guess uh, hopefully all things go well with samurai punk and the and the the smart program here but um i guess what would you like to achieve out of and is there anyone particularly you'd really like to go for some of these overseas hypothetical adventures um that's a really good question i i i feel like the American scene's quite interesting to me because I, I like again I I don't I have I only have that outside perspective of like a lot of the stuff that I see there but it seems like even just like with the events like Gamescom and that that you see pop up around the globe and that like there's so many cool things happening out there and Australia is this like amazing like epicenter of stuff happening but there's also so many amazing things happening everywhere else and the magnitude and it, of it is exactly and like australia is like a drop in that bucket and it's crazy considering like cult of the lamb and like all these other little games that have just like popped out in the past few months that have just like even stray gods that's about to come out next month like they're all these huge games that are on the global stage now and they're coming out of melbourne yeah Yeah, exactly like it's quite it's really fascinating and i yeah i think being able to travel and just 
even not so much get embedded in those, but like just get a sense for like what the different aspects of those teams would be. Would be quite. I, mean, I totally understand it. It's a case of well, we're doing things so good over here. What is it that we're doing that is so much better than you overseas? I get, I get it. It's exactly. Fun. Yeah, we want to. <laughs> I want to brag. Like, but, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like we are as as I kind of touched on. We as a as a country and even Victoria, kind of in particular, really punching above our weight. You've mm. you touched on uh, Colton Lamb, but you know we've. We've got Untitled Goose Game. It's exactly, only yeah. in, over in South Australia where you've got Team Cherry doing their thing. Like, there's so many amazing developers and obviously mm. plenty of other states that uh, I guess a lot of those people have been recognised on the show in the past as well. And there's so yeah. many incredible titles still to come. So I hate to kind of fail to recognise those as well. But um, it, it is like to, to kind of have that contrast and go, okay, so what, what are they doing? What are we doing? Mm. And you'll have all these different experiences. That it really, I mean anyone who does their job right in any industry is looking at what other people do and they're drawing strands and threads from what they're from what those people are doing and and pulls it into their own professional work and there's there's going to be aspects that you would absolutely see in the american scene that maybe aren't occurring here due to size scale location Mm. whatever it might happen to be um that'll be really helpful so I mean, I, I hope that you get that opportunity, uh, yeah. regardless of the the samurai punk thing. Hopefully, that works, and that you also can find a way to jet overseas and have a bit of a look at things over there and mm. and build that, I guess, internal portfolio in your head. Yeah, I, I I'm really excited to see what happens. Basically, like even just to get to like travel to events like Gamescom and um, Tokyo Game Show and PAX West, like just these events that are just like three times the size of our packs like that is terrifying to me like <laughs> well, i mean even as we record i've just like it's been the last day or so that i've just been seeing more and more local developers talking about going to bit summit for example like, yeah oh, okay you're off you're off you're off and then people realizing they were like um colliding in twitter de- uh, conversations mm-hmm. going oh hang on you're going to like they're having those moments as well mm-hmm. it's it's really quite crazy so uh there's so many opportunities out there and yeah to to be able to explore some of those with that development lens would be really awesome for you. Yeah, we're quite lucky here too with um like IGEA and the um are they called Big Screen or Screen Yeah, Big Screen, yep. Big Screen. Okay, cool. And um like Film Australia and all those for the funding opportunities that they have for games to actually travel and get out on the global stage a bit more. Like I think that's quite interesting with um sort of a bit more last year, but like even this year there was like the opportunity to go to GDC, which is amazing like i was talking to one of my friends who went for the first time this year and they like were kind of just blown away by it like it's because it's an opportunity that you it costs a lot to get to san francisco in the best of times let alone being funded and getting in that way but yeah it was quite like i guess gdc is probably like game dev Oh, the biggest event (laughs) like yeah or at least it looks like it on twitter if you're a game developer you want to make sure you can get there so um, yeah, hopefully that opportunity emerges for you as well. But in the in the short term, hopefully the full time gig surfaces yeah. as well, um, because the skill set is clearly there. Um, and yeah, hopefully those that opportunity finally emerges. It seems like we're headed in the right direction. Hopefully, as an outside observer, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> um, and I can totally understand and relate with the the burnout from the education system. So. <laughs> oh god, yeah. As you said, the demands are pretty, and the demands just keep getting greater. So. Yep. Um, it doesn't go you away do. it doesn't yep. get less so it's not, sad that, because not that I... there aren't demands in the game development scene of course as well um, this is not some cruisy ride that you'll be entering I'm sure but yeah, I remember having that conversation with someone because they're like you do realise working in games is work and like yeah like 100% but I also am like that's passionate work like something that I 
like for my moonlight and garland hours and what, what i do there like i like that is like so fulfilling for me yeah. but then whereas education i find i kind of almost fall onto like a cycle of like okay the to-do list kind of style thing and like i have all my like jobs <laughs> and it kind of at the end of the day just feels like i'm ticking boxes just to like keep afloat. get there and keep afloat basically when that's not fair on the kids that i'm working with like they need someone who's on the ball all the time who can bring in stuff whereas like if i'm coming in half time being burnt out already it kind of it, it doesn't reflect well on the education system and it doesn't you know sadly it feels like a reality for all of us so i don't think it was just a you thing we're just I, I i never feel like i'm unprepared but i always still feel like i'm scrambling to get by it's just yeah. this this crazy thing that uh COVID, i think in the circumstances around that really just amplified quite a lot mm. so certainly if i kind yeah. of contrast the before and after so mm, 100%. we'll see we'll yeah. see how things go there but uh you're, you've got a pathway into something that's obviously the passion and hopefully it all works out so as we start to wind things down um well, you know where this goes. You already you already tuned into the show. But uh, is there anyone out there that really inspires you and in, in the way you've gone about your writing, or uh, even working with the community management side of things? Obviously, there's some people that do amazing jobs in that space too. Is there anyone that you've really looked at along the way that helps guide you in the way you write, or have done anything in in game dev so far? Um, that's a tough one. Or it's just an awesome inspiration. Like, hey, I want to get there. Like, that's it. That's yeah. What I'm chasing. <laughs> like, that's a big one. Um, I hate Neil Druckmann. I just I want to take your spot. Right? <laughs> like, that, um, I look if to work on a game like The Last of Us, like Last of Us Three. I mean, probably by the time I get there, it'll be Last of Us Four. Um, but Show some yeah, like right, guys, please. <laughs> <laughs> I love The Last of Us. I adore The Last of Us. Let's cap it at yeah. three, please. It, it it like that would be like, but at the same point, that'd be like the megalithic like oh yeah opportunity cool, of right? kind of like game dev i guess but like i think for me like getting in on like those indie games that are very like narrative based like virginia or um oh like even like with florence and like because my game kind of like draws a little bit off the micro games and that and like how they tell the story with like yeah with you yep you 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 know florence and i'm sure a lot of other people know know florence Florence. like with the little games and how like well like there's a scene in that with the argument between um grish and like it's just like you get so much from just putting together these pieces that don't want to be together (laughs) and yeah that's it's quite fascinating to me but um i think so games like that inspire me but like i'm trying to like think mentor wise because i've there's been that many people that i've like idolized and had like help with well, we've obviously spoken about people like Neil, for example, who've obviously been fantastic figures for you along yeah. along the way as well. And I'm sure, I mean, we've obviously mentioned the the writing for Checkpoint too, and Luke and the team do an amazing job there too. So I'm sure yeah. they've, in different ways, uh, there's so many different influences along the way that, again, you know, you, people draw threads from different people. Yeah. And um, I'm sure I feel like plenty, people plenty. like Neil and like Lena, like yeah. those sort of personalities in the industry who are quite like mentoring to people coming in, but also like willing to like help you figure stuff out because a lot of the time in games that's what you're doing is figuring out a problem yeah and like having that backup on stuff like that like even like in lena's class when i come up with like if statements that have got like 20 variables kicking around not being told no you need to chill and like like change this so it's not like that being like actually helped through that it's problem i think it's quite 
inspiring because at the end of the day there is a solution there and having that like help to get there and not just being shown like not being told like here's the answer like go away like that i think is really important to me um but yeah, also like mentors that's a real trick in and of itself is to learn exactly when, like, like when do you let go yeah i think actually that's probably where a lot of my like um love for teaching come from is being taught by teachers who are good at it and who do because like myself when i'm teaching like i do want to see like having like watching someone learn in front of you watching a kid learn in front of you like that is so rewarding yeah seeing them like start grasping concepts that before like that day they were just kind of looking at like oh what (laughs) so yeah um no i can i can totally understand that i mean look there's there's, i don't to this day i have no idea how or what sort of role in in the industry i'd i'd ever fit but there's a dream that maybe one day i can find find a way to i don't know stumble into it i don't care um but in the meantime like that exact moment that you're describing that that kind of penny dropping moment that a a student has it totally fuels the fire Mm. um but that that ability to teach is yeah super super important you've obviously had those incredible people around you so i think as well like working with violet and pritika at moonlight and garland like that has brought me forward so much like because I think before that, I kind of was like, I want to work in games. And like, it was just kind of like not knowing how I fit into games. But then also like having like people like Violet and again, Pritika, who are willing to let me like, not not fail, but like willing to let me like have those little realizations and then like sort of pull it together a little bit and be like, okay, well, like maybe what, what do you think of this? And like bring me into the conversation in a part where like, I feel like I'm included, but I've also got like input into that space. Yeah. Uh, I think as well, I can't go any further without mentioning Nick Pantis. Uh, Nick is a fucking gem in this industry. And, um, like, I, when I first started getting to know them as a friend, was during COVID when I think we were both kind of having that, like, separation from social versus career and all of that was kind of bubbling. And they kind of really picked me back up after I had a pretty traumatic experience in a call center. Uh, we won't go into that one, but yeah, they, um, they really kind of brought me back and connected me with checkpoint gaming. And then that kind of like created this trajectory for me to be like, wait, hang on. I, I can make it into games. Like games is where I want to be. Why aren't I fucking trying? And yeah, like from that point on, Nick has always kind of been so supportive of me and like, reading job applications that it like just helping with applying to funding and just like any like little like question or anything they've had my back um particularly like being a queer person in this industry has not been something that i quite thought would be as hard as it is and just hearing their like their thoughts and what they've like gone through and like their advice that's made so much of a difference with my confidence in this like career um i know like you know there's always gonna be bad days and there's gonna be good days but um i nick every day just the level of enthusiasm they bring into games not only for their own career but for others who like diverse applicants queer people who haven't gotten into the industry and are still trying nick is always there and they always have time to help people um like just recently they started a mentoring program for producers uh which is again like amazing 
like the level of like time and effort they put into like selecting and helping people get to mentors and creating those connections like nick is like a powerhouse for connecting people to other cool people and i'm i'm so grateful that i know them yeah there's also um elliot atard elliot has been really supportive of my voice coming into games journalism because i i really was coming in with sort of not a not no idea what i was doing but like a very like rudimentary understanding that i'd learned from uni and the few subjects i'd done on journalism and they helped me sort of grow that voice for like conveying like the news but also doing reviews and then also the experience and like the mentoring for jumping on the radio show and just having the confidence to do that is something i never Again, I never thought it would have been possible, but again, like people like Nick and Elliot that just want to see more people get to the table, and I think that's so beneficial in this industry. Um, yeah, yeah, that's no, awesome to have those people around you. Um, yeah. The journey is still early, but what are some of the the more valuable lessons that you or experiences you've picked up along the way? I feel like we've touched on a few of them through this anyway, but uh, <laughs> is there is there anything that's really stuck out in terms of you know again some of those mentors or figures around you that have taught you something really invaluable that okay like i'm always going to need that now like that's that's huge mm, yeah 100 uh, i i feel like something i struggle with a lot is when I, it's probably because i'm a junior mainly like when i apply for junior roles like particularly last year there was a few junior roles that popped up and like one of them i like it was like a month-long application process of like getting together this application getting people to help on it and like pulling it all in but like my level of investment of investment in that was not healthy. Like <laughs> I was like staying up late cause I was working education still. And then I was pulling like 5am going to bed for two hours, then going to work. Yeah. And like, I, I remember the teacher I was working at the, at the time being like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> but also like having that like golden carrot of being able to like finally make it into games again is like, it feels like it's worth the legwork up until yeah. that like but yeah so obviously like keeping like level investment there healthy um not pushing myself too hard but also not not like using that as an excuse to be like oh here's my resume and a couple letter that i've just changed one word on but um yeah trying to like show that dedication but also in a healthy way where i'm not i guess coming across as desperate or yeah. coming across as like i need this please 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 like, <laughs> Yeah, again, de- desperate. Like the the balance in the whole thing is really really important. Because yeah. um, at the end of the day, everyone's a human, and it's you know the pe- people reading that know that if you're applying to the job that you want it in theory. So it's kind of you know, it's yeah. I think as well, oh, someone else was was talking to you and they were saying about always being ready for the next thing. So like I think as well as something that I've always tried to do, but also with the short like placement stuff and that it's been really hard to like pull in any other kind of like opportunity that fast which because it's also something they were sort of talking about when they were going through a particular queer career crisis where they lost one of their main incomes and then it was pretty much like a race to find something else but like having options where you do have that fallback for some time to get on to the next thing so yeah yeah it's uh plenty of challenges in this space so i totally understand um but also a lot to learn from them now you know how we wrap things up some lighter ones to to finish things up if you could be credited for any game 
What game? Any, um, Last of Us Two. Yeah. I had a sneaky feeling we might come back to it after the Last of Us <laughs> conversation from before. Yeah. Um, any 100%. particular thing that I mean, obviously the game is amazing in so many different facets. But is there anything in particular that you would have loved to have just been a part um, of something that really continues to blow the mind? It's clearly I... the Rat King, right? It's clearly the Rat King. <laughs> Oh god, that horrifying <laughs> thing! Fuck! <laughs> oh god, I still like see that. Um, I tried to do a permadeath run on it, and that thing, I just like, nope. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, I I like how subversive that game is. Like it's yep. it's not trying to give you like the happy ending. And I think because particularly I could do a whole podcast on this game, but um, like the. F- the first game kind of sets up the second game in this way that you don't initially see coming until after you've played both of them. But like Joel makes a choice in that last one that kind of then sets this all in motion. And look, I'm not saying it's karma, but I'm also not saying like it wasn't, you know, like it's, there's a lot of factors in that game that move around in interesting ways and how that game navigates it with the mid, like suddenly you're playing a different character kind of thing is like but also you're playing the character that you in theory fucking hate (laughs) yeah and and kind of grappling with that can be really really hard it's something me personally like i i I think there's enough out there about the the game at this particular point i won't name exactly why i hate her just in case yeah uh, like abby i despite everything and like Mm. i can't quite get over the line with her like amazing character um, so much. Yeah, that's almost the point with Wonderful, her. Like, it's like you understand that she's a human, but you also just have this inane. You've seen her kill someone who is very dear to you, kind of like it. Just yeah, there's the baggage snacks, component still, and it just snakes around, and it's just there's no like right way to look at it. Like, it's just an un because like Ellie in the end does things that are unspeakable. Oh, too, yeah, it's 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 just this cycle, and like the the game does such an amazing like job highlighting that cycle and how it just rise around and around until they like until something's done like it's and it's a horrifying like feeling but yeah yeah it's, it's one of those things that like uh, yeah neil and the team i hate you for this i hate you for this i hate you for this and i love what you've done it, like because it's the whole like yeah. that just yeah and i guess the whole thing was you know neil regularly spoke about how the game was about hate in the first place yeah so they really delivered didn't they yeah um that game um, actually inspired one of my portfolio pieces that I did fairly early on. Oh, cool! Last year, I was like working on like what would a DLC for The Last oh, of Us Two look like, and I was like, it's I was an unreleased in... multiplayer game. That's that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> it, but like, I was like, you know, pulling in like the Firefly lore, and like, because the end of that game, it's quite like I, even like I could talk about this for ages, but how that game ends with like the boat. And then there's the PlayStation 4 theme of the boat on the on the um, on the bank, and you can see in the distance the Firefly place. Yeah. I just like I was like I can make a DLC, and it's about this, but it's like how they play into that as well, and like yeah, I went ham. <laughs> there's there's yeah. so much that could be done with uh, with that game, and um, yeah. Well, it's only a matter of time, and obviously there's reports starting to sneak out in the last 24, 48 hours or so, like mm. it's, as of when we record. So uh, who knows at this point. Um, if you could go back and replay any game, strike it from your memory and get to play it from scratch, have all those experiences all over again, or even potentially with the, the kind of the fresh 
you know, more, you know potentially more mature perspective that you might have now versus when you might have experienced something as a kid what game would you pick okay that's I'm not gonna say Assassin's Creed 2 because I feel like I just can I'll never get that back me at the age I was playing that I feel like was just it's the sweet spot chef's kiss like I was just at that yes let me stab people in the neck <laughs> like, <laughs> like that teenager vibe um um ooh. I mean Mirage could be that for you again like it's it's going back it's the throw. I have pre-ordered the collector's edition of that that's that's, that's yeah <laughs> I love a good statue um love a good Assassin's Creed DLC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as I, as I look Guilty. In the background. Yeah. Um, That's an amazing collection, by the way. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, that, that game, I think, as well, I found at the right time, I think, in terms of because I hadn't, I didn't get it on launch. I got it a fair while after. And when I initially jumped into it, I was kind of thinking, oh, you know, it's a bow and arrow. Shoot mechanical dinosaurs. And. Yeah, I think that kind of pulled me back into that kind of narrative feel of an open world game like that where you are, like, understanding this world and growing with it. And also, like, Alloy's story in that's quite heart-wrenching. <laughs> yeah. As, um, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I haven't touched um, Horizon Forbidden West yet. It's, like, it's on my, like, I've got it. I got, it on, I got given it on PS4 as a gift. I'm like, I cannot play this on PS4 because I, I know, like, I want to play it on, like, PS5 and, like, play it properly. But, um, yeah, like, even, like, the DLC now that's come out and it's not on PS4, so I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I made that decision. But it also means I've got to get my hands on a PS5 at some point or, like, a... <laughs> yeah, the, the patience. But... Get out to show a little bit of patience there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be worth it when the time comes. It'll happen, I can, I yeah. Test I'm excited that, for so. that, too, yeah. Uh, so Alex it's been awesome to have you on the show and, and share this journey so far and as I've said a few times uh, I'm, I'm, extre- I'm extremely confident that you will do incredibly well in this in this business and I hope that this opportunity with Samurai Punk works out you've got four months to savour it um, so make sure to do so and soak, soak all those opportunities up if people want to reach out see what you're up to of course there's games writing and various different bits and pieces you've been doing social media wise where should people go? Um, if they want to uh, read my well, I mean if if Twitter is still alive. When this well, we've got on. so many different options that are shooting um, up as we speak. So I have not got into anything yet, and I don't know if I will. <laughs> but um, it's so, to see what happens. I can appreciate. Yeah, that. probably my Twitter is probably the best place to find me. Uh, that's Alex underscore Bestie, uh, spelled exactly how it sounds. <laughs> because I E or Y, just for people's. Ah, uh, Bestie. So B E S T I E. Um, that, that's been my unofficial kind of now official nickname that's floating around it's a good one um, it's a real yeah, good one it's, it's popped up in the smart program now and I'm like great that's never gonna unstick no, now that's, <laughs> like, that's... thanks Kerry <laughs> yeah but um yeah well um, yeah as I've said congratulations on everything so far really looking forward to to what you make of these opportunities and uh look forward to potentially having you on the core show again sometime in, in the future as well um I hope you can yeah, I guess soak up everything that comes from this opportunity and thank you so much for coming on the show thank you for having me and I assure you every other smart person you meet from the program is going to be much better than me <laughs> nah, you're all incredibly talented there's a reason why you've been uh, given this, this opportunity in the first place so I'm sure you'll be incredibly successful with it just as I'm sure they will and uh, look forward to seeing what comes of it uh, listeners if you haven't already please make sure to subscribe uh, to 
Dev Diary on podcast feeds. If you are listening to this on the core Dev Diary podcast feed, there's a Patreon now. Maybe consider uh, supporting it because it'll help you get early access to this and the core episodes as well. Lots of stuff there. Go check out all the details. It's all in the show notes. I implore you to go check that one out. As I said, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show. Having me. And listeners, as always, thanks a lot for uh, listening. I'll see you next time. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary Next Gen. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until next episode, however, that's been Alex's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.